from above that says holy ground okay so let's go over power in the name do y'all remember this one it's been a hot minute since we've done it um okay so y'all sing y'all sing the verses sterling sings the bridge um it's a kid mike Tanner, accept it. I airdropped you. Okay. If any of y'all do announcements, I have your mic. Okay. I airdropped you. I have your mic. Get it from me. Do not use your own mic. They can't hear it when y'all use your mic. Okay. I'm okay. To use a mic. okay, so on this one, hey, y'all listen. Abel, are you singing? Y'all listen up. Okay. On this Here. one, I need y'all, the only issue about this song is I need y'all to come in powerful and as soon. Okay, so when it goes to these haze, hey, okay, it needs to come in super powerful because this song is very awkward if it's just, hey, hey, hey. And then, like, some people barely made it. And, okay, and then on the verse, the same thing. Y'all listening? On the verse, the same thing. I'm going to shout it out. Okay, get sassy with it. Shout. Okay. Okay, so we'll go over this one.
and we won't stop till the whole world knows that there is power in the name of Jesus. Okay, are we good on that one? Do we feel like we need to go over it? Yeah, y'all go ahead and practice. Um, Sterling will go up on that song. Who else wants to go up on that song? We have two other people. Sopranis. miracles or y'all feel like y'all know that one and we can just get started on the new one y'all know house of miracles intro two times, okay?
Sea Victory. Y'all remember the song Sea Victory, okay? We've done that one several times. Did y'all listen to the medley? I did. I did. Okay. So, Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to So you should just be kind of moving down. Start singing that.
y'all go back over there and we'll run over this. Um, when we're switching from, when we start going into that victory belongs to Jesus, it's super powerful, okay? So y'all be singing as hard as y'all can on, on key still. Musicians, we okay. Y'all hold those mics up. Don't let them point down. <laughs> Tor carry your torches. This is an illustration. Um, musicians, we are built like really built the whole time when it goes into that victory belongs to Jesus, all the way through how I fight my battles. So, y'all just shred and strum over there, and we'll just bang them. Get the drums over here. Um, okay, so let's just start on this one. Well, little Richard will lead, a, lead us off. Total change. It'll probably go to three. This is going to go to four, three, four. Yeah. So B flat. Yeah. A flat. G. You're walking down. A, A flat, G. Okay, let's start. And y'all don't sing it like how we used to, okay? Let's just give this a renewing and a refreshing, you know? Don't sing it like, you know, how we used to. I'm gonna see your victory. Okay, y'all really act like y'all can see a victory. Okay, we'll start.
up here. We're going, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Almost like you're throwing it, okay? That last note, victory. Like you're throwing it away, okay? For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. And because Logan's doing this cool thing back here on the drum, so we need to make sure we're with it too almost like a like a tribal chant in a way you can kind of feel it like that that sounds very good I want to practice going back into that those O's though okay that needs to be super super strong so when we when we go from the bridge back into that chorus of sea of victory we will only do it two times okay so y'all know after y'all have sang I'm gonna see a victory two times that y'all are going straight into oh and that's, that has to be super powerful to, to really get the point across. So let's go, let's sing that bridge one time in our flipped parts going into that chorus, two times going into that, those O's, okay? Can we Which figure out? What do we want to get for, let's do, uh, maybe I should do three, three. for, um, okay, okay, four is yeah, four will be, okay, so y'all hear that? Number three will be, um, oh, and then number four will be, this is how I find my battles. Because we need to be coming into that super strong, too. That's unison. We're all coming in. This is how I find my <coughs> battles. Okay? So let's try that bridge going through that. Oh, you. 
I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For no, we stayed unison that time. Stay unison. It sounds better.
Welcome to Youth Sunday Night. Who is excited to be here tonight? Turn to your neighbor, tell him you look good. Turn to your other neighbor that you're trying to ignore, tell them they look good. <laughs> we are so excited to experience God tonight with you on this Youth Sunday. And we're going to do things a little different, not a whole lot different, but a little different, where we're going to share testimonies tonight also from our recent trip to NTYC. We were able to take a small group to NTYC. And so what we're doing is after each song, we are bringing up two students that attended North Texas Youth Convention, and they're going to share about their time there, what they experienced and so that is going to be a great time that I wanted you as a church that we all worked together to raise money for our strawberry fundraiser. So I wanted you to hear what that money went toward and what they were able to experience. And that I believe they're going to take what they experienced on this trip and impart it out here to you tonight. Who's excited? Amen. Amen. And so we are going to be moving. Also, let me do some quick announcements tonight before we get started. We have on the 18th is going to be our journey uh, men meeting. It's going to be downtown coffee at 9 a.m. So contact Brother Les if you're interested in going. That is ages 19 to 39, 9 a.m. Uh, at downtown coffee. And then on the 19th, we are having Sister Meyer's birthday celebration and so get in contact with Sister Alicia on what to bring. That's going to be a great time to celebrate our first lady. We love you. <laughs> and then on the 24th, of course, we have Tanner and Kylie's wedding. We can't forget that. And then on the 28th, we're going to have our Ladies United Fellowship. Uh, the sign-up is in the foyer. And then on April 1st at 10 a.m., there's going to be a church-wide prayer and then outreach in preparation for our spring fling coming up. So that is exciting for us. Not only just pray together as an entire church, but then to move out into the community and begin to make a difference in our community, I believe that will happen. And then tickets are also on sale in the foyer for our 40th anniversary celebration. And so if there is something that you would like to 
or someone you would like to invite, please contact Sister Lisa Calicote or Sister Janita Martinez so we can send them an invitation. It is going to be celebrating our 40th anniversary of, I believe, our pastor and his wife being here at this church in Paris. Amen. We are excited to celebrate that. And so make sure if you are wanting to invite someone that contacts Sister Lisa or Janita. But that is our announcements for tonight. Let's stand up and let's get ready to move into the presence of God tonight. How does that sound? Let's begin to glorify his name with every hand lifted, every eye to heaven, and begin to glorify his name. Come on, church. Stand up and let's worship.
come up tonight we can have sister haven and brother Caden come up here they come all the way up let them see you there you go ladies first that's a gentleman and so these are going to be our first two speakers testifying about what they experienced at ntyc uh this was my first year and it was great the first night god moved like like that, and the preacher was just amazing. And then uh, the morning service, uh, Luke, Brother Andrew Lucas was preaching about this is just like the beginning, it's not done. And so God just kept moving through like the whole time, and it was just 
so powerful. Okay, so uh, my favorite part was probably my favorite part was probably uh, the message where he said that they had taken the baby because one of them died. So they taken the other. They had taken the other one. It's like the uh, king, and they were gonna like cut the baby in half. But the real mother was like, no, like let her have the baby because she just didn't want it to die. That's all. And if you were to look on any social media about North Texas Youth Convention, you might see Brother Landon Gore carrying Caden, representing the baby in the story. And so our youth group and our church was represented well as uh, Landon brought him out in front of everybody. And so we are excited to continue to move into this service, to continue. So let's stand back up and begin to move into his presence, into glorifying him right now. Father... I thank you for who you are and what you are going to do. And God, I pray that you move today on every need, on every situation, on every circumstance. God, what we came in here needing and lacking, God, you are the answer for. And so God, I pray that you continue to move and that we elevate our faith, God, to receive something from you, to receive healing from you, to receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Miracles, and we bring 
Welcome Sister Jules and Brother Asher up here to share their testimony of NTYC. You may be seated. This is the second time I've done this, and yet still I am not prepared because I completely <laughs> forgot that we were doing this. Um, but this was my first year to go. Every other year it seems like something's always come up, but I'm really glad that I was able to this year because the way that God moved was just amazing in the first service and they talked about this there's always kind of a flow that these things go to it's like the first night you know there's it's it's kind of a scheduled thing and then the morning we're all tired and like nothing really happens but then like that last night is where it's like explosive and everything happens but it was totally flipped on its head this time Thursday night we worship before we ever got to the sermon we worship for probably a couple hours and it didn't even feel like any time had passed at all. And it was just amazing just being in the presence of God with so many other people. And um, when we did get to the preaching finally, uh, it was also cool because the first rally I ever went to with Stephen and Callan, um, Landon Gore was preaching at, and he was also preaching at NTYC. Um, so that was just really cool to be able to hear him again. And it was awesome. Like uh, Kane and Haven talked about, uh, he talked about the story where the two women, one whose baby had died and she stole the other woman's baby. They came to King Solomon and he was like, well, we'll just cut this baby in half. And the, the one who was the actual mother, she was like, no, stop. Like, don't cut it in half. Just give it to her. And the other woman was like, whatever, you know, I don't care. So he gave it to the rightful mother. And when she went back, she kicked out the other woman. And he related it to how sometimes we go through these struggles and we make it to the other side, but then we don't fully kick out those things that were separating us from God. And I just thought that was so cool because that's something that I've dealt with in the past and it just opened my eyes. But it was a really great time and I'm <coughs> really glad I got to go. Awesome. 
my third NGYC? I don't know. I can't remember. But it's my second one with this youth group since I've moved here. And the night services, they were awesome. They were they were crazy. They were crazy. Especially the prayer service because you'd be walking out with calf cramps even before the <laughs> preaching started. And you know it's good when you got calf cramps. But, but or at least that's my experience. But um, the morning service, they had like a split session where hyphen youth leaders and youth were all like split up in different uh, rooms and they had different speakers. And Draylen Young, <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, Draylen Young gave his testimony to us. And he talked about how, you know, his mom was a drug addict and he grew up around that and he had a rough life starting up, but God got him and he got him on track. And the one thing that stood out to me most of that was he talked about how he started going to this Christian school and how they had like a church and he would go an hour just to get to the church every day just to pray just to be in God's presence and an hour back just to get home and they have an awards banquet at that school and he was there and they were getting to the awards and he's like like you know I'm good at sports so I'm expecting sports awards and which I'm sure he got a lot of those too but they came up and they started talking about a kid who came to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, showed up for church, showed up for all of his classes, for everything. And it took an hour trip to get there and an hour trip to get back. And he got the perfect attendance reward. And see, he wasn't expecting that because he wasn't focused on, I need to get to church so I can have perfect attendance. He was going just because he wanted to be in the presence of God. And the fact that, I know, I know our youth group is like that because they're, they're hungry, they're passionate. And the more people that just want to get in the presence of God, because just to get that feeling, you even have to know really what it is. It's hard to explain, but you know what it is when you get it. And um, just that part of it, just wanting to be in the presence of God, that's what stood out to me the most. And it was fun. We had tornado sounds going off right before the first service. So, I mean, it was crazy, but it was a great time. Um, as the ushers come down for offering, I would really like to share something with you guys. So Wednesday nights, we <laughs> we weren't planning on having like a full-on out service. It was to um, get it used to saying testimonies, and then afterwards we were gonna have a gym night. So the gym night didn't happen. We didn't leave church until like nine o'clock because when God wants to move, He'll move. Um, and it was really interesting to me because I asked Stephen on the fly. He had no time to get his response ready. But I was like, in your words, what's a testimony? And he said, well, say what you saw and say what you felt. And so as we were waiting and doing this, I couldn't help but think that I really wanted to show you with you guys what I felt before I walked into these doors tonight and what I feel now. Um, on my way to church tonight, I just, I felt so tired. I felt I didn't, I just wasn't in the mood to talk to people. I felt off, but there was no reason for me to feel off. It, it was a very, it was very weird. I, I can't explain why I was feeling off, but I was. And then for practice, I'm surrounded by people who are after the same thing as I am. And I walk in these doors and I just can't help but feel absolute joy being surrounded by people that are after the same things that I'm after. Because when you're surrounded by people that are genuinely seeking God, seeking after his own heart, things do change. Your emotions, it's supernatural how it is, but it's real. And I can testify to that tonight, that before I came here, I just felt down in the dumps. Like it just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at all. And then I came here with people laughing purely, freely, because they know what truth is. 
and you could feel that in the environment. So if you want those things, if you want those first fruits of love and of joy and of peace and of kindness, I can promise you that that's here because that's something that I have been so thankful that I've been able to take tonight. And I just, I want you guys to know that I appreciate the environment that we can create in God's spirit. So Lord, together as one, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be here in your love, in your peace, in your joy. And that aside from that, we can't find that anywhere else. I pray that you're there for these people who are giving, giving freely, giving out of their hearts, a heart that wants to seek you and find you. And I pray that tonight, nothing more than your will be done in this church, in our town, in our schools, in everything that you have, that it is completely your will and your strength as we genuinely seek after your hearts. Jesus, in your name, God. What the enemy meant for real. 
songs. Every single one of them. So great. Um, me and Caleb are going to be doing the last two testimonies for tonight. And um, I was thinking, and usually if something comes to me while I'm there, and God just usually speaks to me and I write it down. But this time it was more of when I got back. Um, that's not me saying the sermons weren't good or anything. They were all phenomenal. But um, God really spoke to me because I've been caught up in this before and I know it's a thing. So um, there's, whenever you go to these things, there's like a hype sort of. There's a hype of like, you know, God's going to speak to me so much more when I get here. Like, this is going to be awesome. But the thing is, that's not true. He will speak to you there just as much as he can here. So we can do crazy dances and we can shout and all that stuff and God will speak to us. But sometimes the reason God's speaking to us more there is because we come with more of a mindset of God's going to speak to me at this. So if we go into that mindset of at our home, in our prayer closet, uh, coming to church on Sundays or even Wednesdays when we're tired and we get off work or we get off of school and all of that. If we come with that mindset, God's going to talk to us just the same as he will at NTYC. Right. Um, the service were phenomenal, though, every one of them. Um, I really enjoyed it. Loved all the people that I got to go with and the people who didn't get to go. So I came to this NTYC expecting and hoping, you know, for that phenomenal, there was a phenomenal move of God. And that first night, it was awesome. But I came to that NTYC um, last weekend, expecting that and hoping for that and to be filled by the Holy Ghost and talk to Jesus. But we were out there that first night, and there's everybody around you, they're praising and they're worshiping so hard. And there's just the the move of God was there. He was there in that moment. But I just had this mental block. I couldn't break through. I was just, my face was hurting. I was praying so hard, and I just, it, nothing was happening. It just, it, it, nothing would happen. And so while I was praying, I kept on seeing flashes and images of my family. And so I said, okay, God, they're hurting right now. I'm going to pray for them. I, I, I want to I give this praise to them. If I don't receive anything, I want they, them to receive something. So we go, go on to the second night, and it's Landon Gordon. If you've never heard him, I hope that you go home, you look him up, and you listen to him. And he talks about his word is called, A Recipe for Hell's Worst Nightmare. And he mentions Judges and Gideon. And he talks about Gideon and when he, Gideon when he is hiding from the Midianites, and he is threshing wheat in a wine press. If you didn't know... You can't thresh wheat in a wine press. And, but eventually he makes bread. And you're talking and he's, you're listening to Landon Gore. You said, okay, how is, how is this going to correlate to anything? It's talking about how God moves in you in so unexpected ways that you'd never even think of. So I go home and I read Judges. I'm reading more of it. And it goes through and Gideon's talking to Jesus. And he says, okay, I, I'm not the strongest man in my clan I'm not the strongest man in my family I said God he said God but I want you to deliver us from the Midianites God said no I want you to deliver us from the Midianites he said I will give you the strength to do it yeah. deliver it in your hand deliver them in my hands and to save the people so I go through I'm like wow it's awesome 
Second night, I go through same as the first night. So I go home. It was phenomenal. I there definitely was a seed was planted. I go home, and we're going, and I'm talking to my family, and we're going and picking up my grandmother. And we're going to go and bring my grandmother home, and we're going to eat dinner with her. And then after we eat dinner with her, we're going to have a Bible study. And so we're having the Bible study, and we're listening, and, I'm t- and when my dad's talking, and I'm looking over my grandmother, and I'm just getting emotional. And I'm like talking, and I've said, God, this is why you wanted me to pray for my family for this night, because that's why she's hurting, and that's why you want me to pray for her and for us to talk. And this lady, I never heard her pray in, t- pray in tongues my whole life. I'd never seen her go to church in my whole life. But I heard when she was younger and my dad was younger, she was a phenomenal prayer warrior. And so we go and we finish the Bible study. And I, we get down, we're praying. I get down and we talk. And it's just emotional. And we're, she's speaking in tongues. We're all speaking in tongues. It's a phenomenal move of God. I say, okay, okay, God, that's why you didn't want me to receive it at NTYC. Because you wanted me to be ready to pray with my grandmother that night. And to do something and to move in you. And it was amazing. And like I said, God moves in phenomenal ways that you aren't ready for. And If you couldn't tell, God really moved in our youth group on this trip. They, he planted seeds that I'm so excited to see the harvest of what is going to come from that service. But this is a little out of order, but sometimes God moves in the out of order. And what I'm wanting to do before we get started, before we get into this service, I want everyone to stand up. I know you just sat down. But if there is a need in here tonight that you're needing prayed over, if there is a need in your body, if there is a need in your family, if there is a need that you know God needs and can touch, he's here and he's ready and he is willing. What I want you to do is come forward. The ministers will anoint you with oil. Some members of our youth group are going to come and they're going to pray with you as well because there is faith in the house tonight. There is faith in the house tonight there is a believing that there is a healing coming in the house tonight there is deliverance in the house tonight so if you step forward ministers are going to come we're going to anoint you with oil we're going to pray over you and lives are going to be changed so if you could play a song really quick as we pray father i thank you for who you are and what you are doing and god i pray because i know that you see us. I know that you see where we are and you knew what we were going through before we even walked in these doors, before we even opened our mouth. God, you saw us and you know where we are. And I pray that you move right now over every need, over every unspoken request. God, I pray that you move, that you transform, that you deliver, that you heal, that you do what only you can do. And God, we let you do it. Don't let us get in the way of your move. Don't let us get in the way of what you're wanting to do. Don't let us get in the way of your will. But God, let us be open to you. Let us surrender to you so we can see everything you are wanting to do in our lives. Let us see the healing. 
Let us see the deliverance. Let us see who's coming back. Let us see everything you have planned, God, because we have surrendered it all to you. God, I can't do it on my own, but with you, all things are possible. God, I can't do it without you, but when I'm with you, Lord, I can overcome. Lord, let your will be done in this place. Let your will be done. Not my will, God, but thine be done. your name is above every name and God you have a plan for tonight you have a plan for us you have a will you have something you are wanting to do and my prayer is that we don't let you go by without us grabbing a hold of what you are wanting to do so God I pray that you anoint me to minister your word I pray that you anoint this congregation, God. Let us be good soil, Lord, for you to plant a seed in our hearts, to plant faith, to begin to create an atmosphere for revival in us. Don't just send revival, but God, birth revival in us 
so we can go out into the world and we can bring the revival out into the world but let it start here let it start in me first let it start in this church let it start in your church let it start in your people God in Jesus name feels good to be in the house tonight. Amen. Amen. If it looked like we were being invaded earlier in this service, don't worry. This is our friends from Savoy. If we give a hand to our guests, our friends from Savoy Youth Group, we, we love Brother and Sister Eads, Reverend, and Mrs. Reverend Eads. We love you. They're dear friends of ours, and they were able to join us for service, and we are blessed to have them here. And so if you see some of them, hug them. Tell them that you're glad they're here. And as you start talking to them, you're going to realize you are glad they're here because they're great people. And so, yeah. And I'm going to move quickly into my message. I'm going to be aware and, um, of your time. But I believe that God has something he's wanting to do here tonight. And I believe I'm not the only person that believes that. I believe you felt something in here tonight. You felt a stirring. You felt a move. You felt a pulling. You didn't know what it was, maybe. But you'll understand as we move forward that God is pulling his church closer tonight. That he's pulling you and I closer to him tonight ready to do a work ready to start something ready to finish something maybe whatever it is whatever you came in here looking for needing or lacking you will find if you look in Jesus name and so we're going to pull our scripture it's Ephesians 6 10 through 16 and then I'll allow you to be seated after we read the scripture it's Ephesians 6 10 through 16 It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm stand therefore having fasted on the belt of truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace but here we go listen to me here in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all Somebody say all. The flaming darts or arrows of the evil one. And you may be seated. So ranging back to the days of the Spartan soldiers who were feared among all other soldiers and warriors, that there is a saying or there is a phrase that mothers or wives would speak to their sons and husbands as they prepared to leave for battle. And it was not, be safe. It wasn't, I'll miss you. It wasn't, I'm proud of you. 
but it was a Greek phrase that translates in English to come back with your shield or on it. Maybe that's why they weren't the nicest people. <laughs> if, if that's what you were told getting ready for war, that come back carrying your shield or come back being carried on it. Because for a soldier, for a warrior returning victorious as a hero was an option. That returning home triumphant in victory with your shield in hand was an option while also dying in battle and being carried home on your shield was also an option. The sacrificing your life for the cause and being returned home, being carried on your shield was an option. And these were both considered honorable returns. But there was one thing that was not an option, one thing that was not a question under any circumstance, and that was returning home alive without your shield. That it was laying down your shield that was not an option. You see, because laying down your shield, surrendering your main source of protection was not only considered just dishonorable, but a fatal mistake. You see, a shield to a soldier is a, it's a vital tool to success and the survival of that soldier. I think that's a pretty obvious statement to make. But these shields, they were, they were versatile and they were, they were valuable. And a warrior's shield was a powerful thing. They was being, it was able to protect the soldier while also being able to be used as a weapon as well when wielded correctly. And this is why, as he's writing in Ephesians that we just read, Paul compares a warrior's shield to a Christian's faith. That it wasn't just an accidental analogy, but it was an intentional comparison. That because Paul understood that just as a shield for a soldier is vital, so too is the faith to a follower of Christ. You see, if you're on the front lines of battle and you don't have a shield, chances are you're not going to make it. But with the shield, you're protected. But with the shield, those around you are protected. With the shield, you are equipped to not only withstand battle, but be able to continue to march forward. See, in spiritual warfare without faith, more than likely, you're not going to make it. Not even more than likely, you're not going to make it. It says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That it is impossible to make it without having faith. But if you take up your shield of faith, if you hold on to your faith, if you don't depend on you to stop the attacks of the enemy, if you don't lean on your own understanding, but instead in all of your ways acknowledge him, if you put your faith in the alpha, in the omega, in the beginning, in the ending, in the one who is and is to come, in your healer, and your protector, and your provider, and your creator, when you put your faith in God, you're going to make it. That you're going to fight the good fight of faith, but not just fight it, but you'll win. But what is faith? And I read a definition of faith recently that I really, I really liked. And it was a belief and trust in, and a loyalty to God. Believing, but not only that, but trusting in and being loyal to God. We've got a lot of believers. We may not have a lot of trusters. You see, believing is one thing. Trusting is another. We can read in James 2, 19 through 20 that says, you believe that God is one. You do well. 
The demons also believe and shudder. But what are you willing to do to acknowledge, you foolish person, that faith without works is useless? He's saying you believe in God. So do the demons in hell. You believe that God is real. So does your enemy. That, that makes you no, no more special than the enemy. But what are you doing with that belief? What are you doing with the believing that he is real? But are you doing anything to also trust in him? I've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it again because I want somebody to get this. I believe in parachutes. I've talked about this with you before. I believe, Brother Brennan, I believe in parachutes. I don't know if there might be some conspiracy theorists in here that don't believe in parachutes. I do. I believe in them. I know they're real. And you can argue with me all day long about a parachute not being real, and I will argue all day back because I know a parachute is real. However, I never plan to trust a parachute. I know they're real. You can't convince me it's not real, but I will never put my life in a situation where I depend and trust in a parachute. That is where a lot of us are in our walk with God, that you can't convince us he's not real. But when it becomes time to put ourselves and our lives into his hands and trust him completely, we don't ever plan to do that yet because we like how we have control. But it's time that we say, God, I believe in you. I trust in you, but I'm also loyal to you. Loyalty when things are good isn't loyalty. It's just taking good things. But loyalty means things aren't great right now, but I trust in you. That things aren't great right now, but I worship you. That things, I wish things were better. I'm hurting right now. I'm down. I'm depressed. I'm hurting. I'm fighting. But God, you are still good. And I still trust in you. I believe in you. I trust in you. And no matter what happens, good times or bad, I am going to be loyal and I'm going to trust in you every day. That is faith. That is what faith is. But it's time that we start living like God is truly our everything. That we have Psalms 18 and 2 that says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. It's time that we start living like he is our everything. Not just a part of our life, not just our weekend ritual, but he is our everything. And whenever we can trust him with everything, we realize that he was our everything from the beginning. Because we weren't given anything without him being involved in it. In Jesus' name, that is faith when we can trust him with our everything. And we don't know what will happen. But we all have faith. Whether you feel like you do right now or not. We all have faith. Romans 12.3 says, God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. That he's given everybody the measure of faith, a little bit of faith, something, he's given you something there. But it just depends on what we've been putting it into. Pastor, who installed these monitors up here? Do you remember by chance? What, do you know a name? Spears. I'm putting faith into Brother Spears right now. <laughs> and there's been times when pastors used me in an illustration, and I've laid right here. 
And I've looked at this one. And I didn't hear a word Pastor was saying because I was thinking about that monitor. And I was thinking, I, I hope this thing is really tied in there. But it may seem minute. It may seem like it's nothing, but I'm putting faith in that right there, Brother Spears. I haven't had a conversation with Brother Spears, but I'm putting faith in him that he has installed those monitors in a way that it's not going to fall on me, that it's not going to fall. So you see, faith is not a foreign thing. You, you got in your cars and drove here with faith that you will make it here safely. You didn't say it out loud like that, but you did. Faith is not foreign. But faith in something that is of this world and that is temporary is useless. That faith in something or someone that cannot deliver you in your darkest day is useless. That faith in something that can be here today but is gone tomorrow is useless. But too often we place our faith in something that is so much weaker and so volatile but just because it's visible to us. And so we put our faith in that. We put our faith in our job. We put our faith in what we see in front of us. We put our faith in the things that we can see and that we can touch because it's just easier that way. But what we put our faith in from this world only lets us down. That what we put our faith in from this world only disappoints us. But 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God who puts faith in not the world, but God, continues to live forever. Somebody hear me tonight that Jesus Christ is somebody you can put your faith in, and he's not going to let you down. That you may be in a good mood today and a bad mood tomorrow, but God's going to be the same every single day. That he will not let you down. That he has not changed, and he will never change. That is just who he is. The God that healed the leper is the God that will heal your body tonight. The God that heard the cries of his people in Egypt is the one who sees you and hears your cries in spiritual bondage here tonight. You may have lost trust in people here on this earth. You may have lost trust in the government and the things that surround you, but rest assured knowing that God is one thing that you can believe in that will never let you down. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never forget about you. On your good days, he's faithful. On your bad days, he's faithful. He is all-powerful. He is in control, and he is for you. With all of your sin, with all of your weakness, with all of your insecurities, God, the all-powerful, is for you tonight. And he's going to be for you tomorrow. And Romans 8.31 says, And what shall we say then, these things, if God be for us, who can be against us? See, I'm not telling you this because I'm a preacher. I'm not telling you this type of thing to hype you up and make you feel better about going into the week. I'm not telling you this just because it sounds good, but I'm telling you that God is going to be for you and he's never going to let you down because I have experienced it. Now, I've experienced God being faithful when everything else around me let me down. 
that I've experienced God being good when everything around me seemed bad. That's why I myself have faith here tonight. Because faith in God is stability. That faith in God is victory. That faith in God is a protection. But faith in God is a shield. So let's look up what makes a shield. And you can kind of see the slide here a little bit. But the first main part, we're going to talk about three parts of this shield, of this anatomy of this shield here. And the first and the main one is wood. That the main structure, the main infrastructure of this, of this shield is wood. That you can put everything else together, but if you don't have this part, there's nothing there. And this may be a stretch, but there's a part of Jesus that was also made of wood. That I bet it's not coming to me. What is, what, what's something with, with Jesus in Christianity made of wood? What would it? The, the cross. Calvary. Made of wood. Calvary is the central part of faith. Because if that did not happen, there is no need for faith. If there is no wood for the building of the shield, there's no point in having a shield. But because Jesus came down robed himself in flesh, and died for me and for you so we could live eternally. That is the reason we can even have faith. So you can assemble everything together, but until you believe and act on Calvary and take the blessing and the eternal life, there is no faith. So the beginning of faith, the beginning of the shield is Calvary. It is the cross. It is the beginning of our faith. That's the first material in the assembly of our shield of faith. But then that's not all. The next part that I wanted to talk about is, you can see it, it's the metal trim around the outside. This part, it, was, it, was, it had to be forged. It had to be forged and fired. It had to be hammered down to fit into the shape it needed to be to wrap around this shield. Not just because it looks nice, because honestly it doesn't. But because whenever now, whenever swords slam against this shield, whenever attacks come against this shield, it does not splinter and it doesn't fray because there is a metal trim on the, around the outside that holds it together. It is a strength that keeps the shield from splintering and fraying whenever the enemy attacks come against it. But first it requires heat and hammering and bending to be applied into the shape it needs to be. We have 1 Peter 4, 12, 13, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which has come upon you to your testing, as though something strange were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. See, this metal trim there, this metal part that was forged in the fire is your testimony. Is what you have been through up until this moment or maybe what you are going through right now. And just like how it had to be hammered and the fire had to go through, none of these things are, be, are comfortable. None of these things are nice, but it forged a protection around the shield so whenever attacks come, it does not fall apart. There's people in here tonight that have gone through hell, that have experienced darkness unimaginable, and maybe you're in it. Tonight, having 
thought that you wouldn't make it, but somehow you did. Somehow you are. Somehow God brought you through and is bringing you through that trial. Through that circumstance, God is forging the trim for your faith. That God is forging your testimony so that when the enemy slams against your shield and attacks you, you can remember what you've been through. When people come to you and say, I'm hurting and I need help, you can remember the trials you went through yourself and say, this doesn't catch me off guard because I know that God brings people through because he has brought me through, that your faith will not splinter and your faith will not fray because you have been forged by fire. Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. We're saved by hope. And the hope has to come from knowing that God is going to bring us through because he had to have had something for us to bring us through in the first place. Then we have James 1, 2 through 4 that says, Consider it all joy. My brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. You see, most of you know my story, but if you don't, at six years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I had to go through a year of treatment. I had to go through radio, uh, what's it called? Radiation. There you go. I said radiotherapy, and that's not near as bad. <laughs> Radiation therapy, chemotherapy, I had to go through pain, I had to go through sickness, I had to go through trials that I didn't, most six-year-olds probably would never have to go through that I thought was going to kill me, that I thought was miserable. But through that pain, through the treatments, through the hardships, I gained something. That now when somebody comes to me with sickness in their body, I can look them in the eyes and say, God can bring you through. But not just because I've read about it. Not just because I've heard about it, but because I've been a part of it. Because God has done it for me. And I know if he did it for me, I know he can do it for you. Because God is not running out of miracles. God is not running out of power. But he's getting ready to move in somebody. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. You see, my battle with cancer, it was not just a random occurrence. It was not just for me. But it was the trim of my faith being forged in the fire. And a little more of my story, when my dad passed away when I was 12, I thought that was just for me. That my life was just miserable. That all of this was just my life getting harder. But it was the trim of my faith, of my shield being forged by the fire. So now whenever a family is experiencing loss, I can look you in the eyes and say, God is going to bring you through. And not just because I've heard about it. But because I've been brought through. Because I have been there. And because I've there he's been forging my faith so I can look at you and say I'm not deterred by what's going on but I know if he did it for me he could do it for you but I know this doesn't make the trials less painful I know this doesn't make the trials easier but it gives you a reason to not give up it gives you a purpose to keep going because the fire from your trial from your past victory forging a trim of your protection around your shield of faith is something that is so necessary. Because we weren't going to be able to not only withstand the battle ourselves sometimes if we don't go through it. But then afterwards we're going to be able to protect 
and to equip others as well. But without the trial first, there is, there's no testimony. And without the word of a testimony, there is no faith to overcome. Because we have Revelation 12, 11, it says that they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. The first part of our shield, the wood, Calvary, the blood of the lamb. But because of the word of their testimony. If I were to have quit during what I thought was just a battle for me, there would be so many people that I would not only just not be able to help them, but I probably wouldn't be present to even try to help them. But that battle was not just to destroy me. Because very rarely and honestly ever are just your spiritual battles for you specifically. It's there to destroy you, yes, but in doing that, it destroys your victory which means it destroys your testimony, which means it destroys your ministry to help others. That's why the body of Christ is so crucial. That's why we gather together. Because, Caleb, get up here. Give it up for Caleb. All right, Caleb, you, you work out, right? Yes. Okay, so what is... What is this muscle? What is, it, what is this right here? What's, what's this muscle right here? Sweet. Okay. And this one right here. All right. What about this one? There you go. Is that what the, the side ones? about the oblique? Want to do that one? Okay. They don't seem related at all. Right? I want you to stand up straight. And now, the bicep and the tricep, they're being attacked. They're being pulled. What's, where are you feeling the fatigue coming from, though? The oblique. Well, that's weird. The, the attack's right here. But the oblique's feeling something. The oblique is feeling a pressure, feeling a pull that it doesn't even know what's going on. It doesn't even know what it is without them knowing that the arm over here is feeling a battle, that the arm is going through hell. See, sometimes as the body of Christ... That we're different parts of the body. We're going to go through battles in our life and wonder what's going on. And we get ready to quit. But in the whole time, the oblique is holding you up. The whole time, somebody else is fighting in faith. So there's times where you are going to go through battles. But very rarely is it only for you. So yes, if you give up. Thank you. If you give up, yes, you will lose. But the one that was holding on to you. The one that was depending on you falls as well. Because you have people looking up to you. You have people depending on you as the body of Christ. That we all have to work together. That we all fight battles and we carry each other's burdens. Because that is what the body of Christ is meant to do. We could pray right now. That God let me be strong. God strong enough to stand, but not just for myself. But God stand for those that are around me. For my friends at school that are fighting. For my friends in school that are hurting. Let me be strong enough to hold on. But God, I pray that I never think my trials are just for myself. But God, let me be strong. In Jesus' name. Mm. So let the trials forge your testimony. Let it 
happen and continue to move and never losing faith that God is going to continue and keep you through it because let every new victory create a trim of protection around your faith. So when the enemy attacks with doubt and with insecurities and with depression and family troubles, you can remember every time that God has brought you through, that every time God has been there and your faith will not splinter or fray because although attacks are coming, you know God isn't going to fail. You know if he did it before, God can do it again. That is faith. And now our next and our final part that I wanted to talk about with this shield that it blew me away when I read it that it said that soldiers would dip their shields into the water before they went into battle. And this is what they called quenching their shield. And so that way, whenever there were flaming arrows and spears that would come after them, that not only would it be able to block them, but it would be able to extinguish the flame that could do damage as well. See, a shield that was not quenched in water, it could deflect the blocks and block the flaming arrows for sure, but it could not extinguish the flames. We can find things that deflect arrows. We can read self-help books. We can find medications. We can go to therapy. We can find all these things in the world that can block arrows temporarily, but there is nothing in this world or of this world that can extinguish the flame of the attack and allowing the flame to stay alive. The only thing that can not only just deflect the attack but then extinguish it forever is the water. We have John 4, 13 through 14 that says, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give shall never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will, be, will become in him a fountain of living water springing up eternal life. See, this water is not like anything of this world that it keeps you wanting to come back for more, come back for more sessions, come back for a prescription refill. But to be like a living water when God, when you receive the Holy Ghost and the Spirit lives inside of you and begins to fill up like a well of living water, restoring, replenishing, revitalizing your spirit every day. So whenever you used to be weary, now you're wide awake. When you used to be feeling low, now you're lifted up. When you used to be anxious, now you're at complete peace because the living water not only deflects, but it extinguishes. That is true salvation. The salvation doesn't just begin when we leave earth. And sometimes we think that. But oftentimes in the Bible when they're saying, how can we be saved? Very rarely are they talking about eternal salvation, but they're talking about how can I be saved from my enemy right now? How can I be saved from my situation right now? And salvation does not start in the graveyard, but salvation starts whenever the well of living water begins to flow inside of you and salvation from your depression and salvation from your sin and salvation, and it's found in the water. John 3 and 5 says, Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless someone is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then we have Acts 2.38. It says, Peter said to them, repent, each of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness 
of your sins down in the water, dipping the shield of faith down in the water, being baptized in Jesus' name, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus isn't just saying, I'm just not going to let you in if you don't do it. Jesus is saying, if you don't do this, there's no chance you're going to overcome to be able to make it. He's saying that dying out to your flesh, to your old life, and taking up your shield of faith, being filled by the Spirit, is the only way you can overcome the trials of this world and be able to step into the new dimension that heaven is. As we read before, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Being born again of the water and of the spirit, it gives you a power and a protection to be able to extinguish the attacks that used to hurt you. And maybe you're thinking of them right now, the things that used to hurt you, the things that used to bring you down, the things that used to make you spiral. See, those attacks that used to hurt, that used to burn, that used to throw you off course, being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost is the only way you will ever be strong enough to overcome those trials and tribulations of life. But all you have to do is put that power into action is the thing that to take up the shield of faith and to let that power of faith extinguish the flames of the enemy. The musicians, you may come coming to a close. You see, a shield is it's a little different than the rest of the, the armor of God that they talked about. There's a reason that in the scripture, instead of saying just put on, like the rest of the pieces of armor, but we're instructed to take up a shield of faith. Because you could obtain and you could wear a helmet and you can almost forget about it. That you could put on a breastplate and walk around and pretty much forget that you're wearing it, but you can put on shoes and not look down and they'll take care of themselves. But a shield you have to hold on to. A shield you have to every second of the day make sure in your mind that you are closing your fist and making sure you are holding the shield of faith, that you have to hold it. You have to choose not to lay it down. You have to choose to make the decision every day that I'm taking up my shield of faith to remember that God fights for me and remember that what I have been brought through and choose to use that faith to deflect what attacks come from the enemy that day. But the enemy knows that as long as you have this shield, that those attacks can't get to you. The enemy knows this. He's been, he's been doing this for a long time. And so he will come and try to make you lay down your shield. That we're going to go through battles that is going to try to make us lay down our faith. To lay down our protection. And I didn't say steal it. Because we know the scripture says that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And although that's his goal, but unless allowed by God, he does not have the authority to do those things. To take physically from you those things because he did not give it to you in the first place because we know by reading the book of Job that he cannot take something without first the approval of God and we know that by reading that it's the Lord that giveth and the Lord that taketh away and we know that reading the scripture that says that when God opens a door no man can shut it and when God shuts a door no man can open it so we know that when God has given you something the enemy cannot physically take it from you and so God has given us a measure of faith. God has given us faith tonight. And nobody can take it from you, but you can relinquish it. 
But you can surrender it, but the devil cannot take it from you. But what he can do is intimidate you and make you decide to give it up. And maybe you've seen this on TV or maybe you've experienced it. I don't know your life. But somebody getting mugged on TV. And the person comes up and it's in the alley. And, he come, and the person comes up and they pull out a gun and they say, give me all your money. Very rarely in that situation does the enemy go and grab the pockets and actually take the things physically from the person. But what do they do? They start emptying their pockets. They start getting intimidated that they don't know what is going to come next. And so they begin to hand over what they have so that way they have a little bit of what they think is control over the situation. They begin to hand over the wallet and the valuables And what you see is the attacker is using threats and fear of what could possibly happen next to make the victim hand over their belongings. This is what we're seeing today in too many Christian households that we have surrendered our faith to an attacker and to an adversary that holds no authority. And when you begin to let your shield down, that's when the spiral begins. That's when the attacks begin to hurt. That's when the enemy begins to win because you have laid your faith down. But tonight's the night that we make the decision to pick our faith up. That we pick up our shield today and say, God, I've been fighting battles. My family has been fighting battles. My school has been fighting battles. And I'm making the decision today to take up my faith. To take up my shield and remember what you have done for me. To remember everything you have brought me through and you have never failed me yet. So I'm taking up my shield and I'm marching forward knowing you will protect me, knowing you will give me guidance, knowing you will give me everything that I need. And you can look at the enemy and say, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a saber, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of armies and the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And we begin to praise him in the midst of our circumstance. We begin to praise him in the midst of our trials. We begin to praise him when things don't look good and we're holding our shield. And those attacks don't hurt anymore. They rain down, but the rain, it begins to extinguish it. It begins to block them because our faith is protecting us. And when we worship the King of Kings, everyone standing across this place when we worship the king of kings and he dwells in the midst of us in the battlefield you will win you will see healing you will see change because you took up your faith no matter what happens but you can't let go that's why there's times where we're in a season where We're ready to knock down the doors of hell. But there's some times where all we can do is hold on. That the enemy is coming and we can't, we don't have the strength to march forward. But don't you dare let go. But don't you dare let go of the faith. But all you have to do, if all you can do is hold on. All you can do is just hold on to that faith and say, God. Give me strength, God. It's raining down on me, God. I feel a battle coming against me, God. Everything is chaos around me. I'm just holding on to you because I know you're never going to let me down. I know I'm holding on to you, Jesus. And when I place my faith in your hand, the attacks of the enemy will not prevail. But I'm going to make it through. 
and I'm going to get the strength to march forward into revival. I'm going to get the strength to march forward into victory. I'm going to get the strength to march forward into what you have called me to be. And it's only because I didn't let go, but I held on. These altars are open right now for everybody. to worship in the midst of a circumstance if you're in the place where you all you can do is just hold on to your faith right now and say God I'm trusting in you God I don't know what's going to happen next but I trust in you but when you give everything to God right now no matter what your circumstance is good day bad day high place or low place you're going to make it you're going to get through it God's going to provide. God's going to heal. God's going to restore. God's going to be what you need. But don't you dare let go.
I believe that shields were picked up tonight. And if you haven't made the choice tonight, if you haven't made the choice to pick up your shield, maybe you know it's lower than it should be. Maybe you know that you have laid it down for something else. I encourage you to continue to keep praying, but I also want to let you know that it doesn't just have to happen here. That that opportunity to take up your shield is going to be there tomorrow morning when you wake up. That you're going to make the choice, am I going to walk in my own understanding or am I going to grab hold, God, of the faith that you have set before me? Am I going to trust in you? Am I going to follow after you? And when we make that choice every day, little by little, step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, you will draw closer to your calling. You will draw closer to what God is wanting to do in this city, in your life, in this world. But let's take a moment to lift our hands right now to give God glory to give God praise not because of what we feel but because of who he is God no matter what comes my way you are good no matter what I experience God you are good and God I'm going to believe in you God I'm going to trust in you and God I'm going to be loyal to you through the good times and the bad. And I believe that you will never leave me nor forsake me. God, I believe that you have your hand on your people tonight. And let us go out of here encouraged, strengthened, and let our faith be higher than ever before. In Jesus' name. If you need to keep praying, please do that. If you need to continue to seek his face, please do that. If you need to go, I understand. But God is available, and he will be available. Just call on his name no matter where you are, and he will hear you. And he will answer, and he will be ready to do what you need for him to do. God bless all of you. Amen. Stay.